Welcome to the Aggressively Average Podcast. Realty Force Stay. I get all my facts from my gut. I'm not allowed to go out and do what I want to do. I'm going postal. 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 This is a list of the people who ought to die. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Fireside Chats with Blake. As always, I'm your host, Blake Townsend. Today I'm joined by a Ohio comedian. I'm not sure exactly where he's from, but he can go ahead and tell you. Say hi to everyone, John Brown. What's up, everybody? I'm uh, from Chicago Falls. Yeah, originally from Texas, but yeah, I live in Chicago Falls. All right, well, let's get the fire started. All right, so you're originally from Texas? Yeah, uh, Denison's about an hour north of Dallas. Honestly, I was, was going to say, honestly, I do think I've heard of it before. Yeah, it's uh, it's right on the Red River, so it's like right on the border of Oklahoma. Like Red River is probably five minutes from my house. Uh, so uh, what's your uh, sports team? I had college football, I should say. I want to be specific on that. Yeah, Ohio State, Cleveland, everything. My whole my whole family's from Ohio. So my dad worked at a factory here. It got shut down after my brother. My brothers were in like second grade and kindergarten, I think. And then uh, they moved to Texas because he found a job down there. And I was born down in Texas. And then we moved back here when I was 13. But you were indoctrinated into all their sports love? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely... Definitely football is my number one sport because I was born in Texas. I mean, that's, <laughs> but, but yeah, I was the one, uh, I was the one always wearing Browns, Indians, and Cavs stuff when all my friends were wearing Rangers, Cowboys, and Stars. And Did you ever and pick a side, like, uh, with the Red River riv- rivalries? Did you ever, like, like, yeah, I was a Longhorn fan. I was about to say, were you a douche and, like, oh, yeah, I want Oklahoma to win to fuck you guys? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was actually more of, um, it was in my town, even though we lived like right on the border, nobody was really Oklahoma fans. You were either a Longhorn fan or an Aggie fan. That was, that was it, which the Aggie fans were like always disappointed because the Longhorns always kicked their ass, but now it's the other way around. So Yeah, that te- Texas A&M is having a resurgence. Yeah, once they went to the SEC, they kind of turned things around. Which is a weird move to make, move to the tougher conference and become better. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it has to do with just the name of the SEC conference and recruiting. Yeah, my hometown, you're actually born with a football in your hand. The uh, the high school football coach actually goes around to the hospital every time a boy is born and gives them a football. Pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah my hometown, you're born to become a basketball legend. You know, LeBron, Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah. Where are you from? You're from Akron? Yeah, yeah. I was born in Akron. I've lived, I mean, all around Northeast Ohio, but mostly oh, okay. spent most of my life in it. But uh, my formative years were spent in the middle of nowhere. But oh, really? But you sandwich my youth, and then like my adult life, most of it's been in Akron. That's cool. Yeah, I, uh, I actually was in high school the same time as LeBron. Uh, it makes me. Yeah, I was uh <laughs> into high school. Like, I think uh, yeah, I went in the year after he got drafted. I went into high school. Oh, okay. So you're not that much younger than me. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I was. I was oh four. He was oh three. So uh, I think my junior year in high school we went to uh senior night at st v it was the only game they actually played at st v because they played all their games at akron u and we paid like i want to say 50 dollars a piece for our tickets and it was it was crazy for a high school game i mean it was it was nuts if i ever had to go to a high school event i never paid i just waited till halftime when they stopped taking ticket sales yeah we uh we actually got in a bidding war um with another group of dudes with uh the seller was a homeless guy. It was, it was pretty interesting. It was, it was right there in front of St. V and this dude was, this dude was going to sell his tickets. And then these other dudes walked up and I think we started it. Like he was going to sell them to us for 10 bucks a piece. And they're like, we'll give you 15. And we started like going back and forth. Finally got up to 50. We're like, I'm like, that's it. (laughs) So heavily that night. Yeah. Like that would have been the move. If you guys were old enough, like when he's like, you're like ten bucks, so like fifteen. You'd be like, "Dude, I'll get you a bottle of Jack, and let's call it even." <laughs> yeah, I probably could have. My older brothers were around back then, so. Dude, I grew up in a town where you would think a small town. You wouldn't just sell beer to anyone because you would know everyone. But there was yeah. a 
there was a kid, he was 13, and I when I say he was 13, he looked maybe 14. <laughs> he walked into Speedway, and they're like, yeah, sure, you can have a case of Bush Light. Oh, my God. You know, we did, uh, I actually went to high school here, but uh, what they do in Texas, I went back my uh, the summer before my senior year, and uh, my buddies were like, we're like, we're going to get beer. I'm like, how are we going to get beer? They're like, we're going to go to the gas station. I'm like, what? Because you couldn't do that in Cuyahoga Falls. Like, nobody nobody sold you beer at 17 or whatever. And I was like, all right, whatever. So we get to the gas station. They're like, get out and uh, go inside and, and uh, try to buy cigarettes. Because I was 17. They were like, try to argue with her a little bit, you know. And I was like, all right, cool. So I'm sitting there. I'm inside trying to buy cigarettes. I'm like, I'm 18. I swear to God, blah, blah, blah. And start talking all this shit. And while I'm arguing with this lady... Three of my friends walk in and grab two cases of beer each and walk out the door and put them in the back of the truck and take off. That's, <laughs> That's how they got beer, like, every Friday night. <laughs> I, uh, Me and my friends, I ain't proud of this, but we had a little uh, kleptomania ring going. Like, we would go to Walmart, Target, Dick's. Like, we hit up everywhere around us, and we would just rob the place blind. It was really easy, a lot easier than <laughs> But the one time I went into this uh, little, like, it was a get-go gas station where it was a dude who was couple of years older than me, like lived down the road, you know, played on the same high school football team. And it was like his first ever like job. And I went in there. I'm like, yo, man, what can I have for free? Like, come <laughs> on, what can I have for free? And he's like, oh, I can't do it. You know, being a good employee, doing what he's supposed yeah. to. So I was yelling at him with my left hand. I was like, dude, come on. We're friends. Just help me out here. And with my right hand, I was robbing all the candy bars that I could <laughs> underneath the counter. <laughs> Oh man, that is the shitty things you do when you're younger, you know. Yeah, it's not. I'm not proud of it. Like I don't look back on it. And go, like that was a good thing to do, Blake. But it's it's still like it was like a little magician's trick, you know, a little sleight of hand, distract and take. Yeah, we had this uh, when I was in elementary school. We used to ride our bikes to and from school, and there's this little there's this little um, uh, I can't remember what the hell Texaco was a gas station down there. There's a little Texaco on the corner, and. Uh, it was this Indian guy or, or some Middle Eastern type. And uh, we used to go in, and it was when Surge was really big. And they had the caps that you twisted off, and there was, like, a free Surge underneath, like, one and four or whatever. So we would go back there where the Surge was and, like, just twist off the caps and look at them. And if they weren't winners, we would twist them back on and put them back. <laughs> he caught on to us after about two or three weeks. Yeah, after and we someone's like, no. I'm surge, and there's, it's already open, dude. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you make all my pop flat. <laughs> all right. So, all this thing me and my friends did, well, I mean, other than rock places, uh, we would walk in, and they, they would have uh, warm energy drinks just sitting out that you could buy. and. We would take the warm energy drinks, walk over in like a Walmart or a Target, walk over to their cooler aisle, put the drinks in the cooler, then go do our thing, you know, which by the way, anyone pro tip, uh, if you ever want to rob a place, bike section and kids toys. For some reason, <laughs> no cameras in either of those places. We would go like do what we did and then come back and have cold full throttles to ride home with. It was a nice, <laughs> nice little system. <laughs> Uh, whose whose birthday is it, Blake? Uh, it was this is my friend. <laughs> he moved down to Florida, and his his girlfriend is a really nice girl. Like super does things for people. Like on my birthday, bought me a bunch of penguin socks to go with my tuxedo shirt. Uh, bought me a brand new the tuxedo shirt I wear now. She actually bought that one. Uh, because the other one was definitely a little more skin tight, but that's all right. <laughs> I didn't mind the skin tight one. I would just use it as a joke, like uh. Yeah, me and penguins have a lot in common. Like, we love skin-tight tuxedo shirts. <laughs> That's good. Just a little dumb joke, but... Speaking of comedy, did you start off at the Funny Stop? Is that where you started? Yes. Yeah, I, uh... I went... You know Brian Gallagher. Um, me and him were... Me and him were friends, um, through his wife. I went to high school with his wife, and, uh... I don't know, it was, like, three or four in the morning, um, I was... Well, I was at the bar at closing time, and uh, I met one of their friends. I saw one of their friends at the bar, and we called Brian. He asked if we wanted to come over for after hours, so we grabbed some beers, and we went over there for after hours, and he was talking to me about he started doing comedy, and he was like, dude, I think you'd be really good. Like, you should you should uh, come up and check it out. And I went probably, 
I want to say two or three times to watch Brian while I was while I was like writing my first five. And then uh, and I actually met Brandon Petrie, uh, who I do my podcast with the week before I started doing comedy. Plug that real quick. Yeah, uh, the Brown Petri dish. Uh, I do it with Brandon Petri. It drops every Tuesday at 5 a.m. on every platform. Good local comedians come up. Yeah, we have some local comedians. We've had a couple headliners, uh, uh, Jeff Shaw, Ray DeVito. And then uh, we, we want to have some more uh, variety on. Like last week, we had a brand new comic on. Um, I saw that, and uh, that's the. She was at the funny stop, like the last semifinals, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we we had a lot of experienced comics on to uh, give advice to new comics, but we wanted like a new comic on to tell us like what questions they had. Yeah, I've had a nice blend on our podcast. We've had I had someone come on after the first time after their first set, like they came on Andrew Holland. I'm sure you've probably seen him. Yeah, yeah. Came on and it was only like his second time ever doing comedy. Like it's nice to get a different blend. Yeah, you forget what it's like after a while. You, you forget what it was like your first time. I mean, I mean, I went from doing comedy like once a week for my first like two months to going into like four to five sets a week. To, I ended up ended up doing like six sets a week before COVID. I was basically taking Sundays off and doing shows every other night. But yeah, Brian uh, Brian Gallagher he uh, he talked me into it, and then Brandon Petrie. I met him, and he was real encouraging and uh, just. I went up one night. Um, it was the fourth. It was the third of July. So he had um, the amateur. I think it was the amateur finals at or the something some type of amateur contest for the actual amateur contest that started at seven, and then at nine he had a cash contest, and I got in the cash contest, and I was supposed to be third. I was about to ready to go up. The second comedian was getting off stage and Marv Connor was hosting. And he was like, next up to the stage, Steve Murs. I was like, that's not me. Like, what What the fuck? And I don't know if you've ever seen Steve Murs, but he's, he, he just, the kid just murders. I mean, he's been doing comedy for like six, seven years. When he's hosting uh-huh. open mic, I yeah. do that. And I have a feeling just based on how everyone talks about him. And from what I've seen, when he's hosting the open mic, he's trying a bunch of new stuff. Because, yeah. I mean, it's a room full of comics, so it's really hard to judge anyone in that situation. But, yeah, people talk about him super highly. And, like, not to talk shit, because I know it's an open mic, but, like, I haven't seen him slay like everyone says he does. So I think it's just yeah. on new stuff. Yeah, he, uh, that night, he just murdered. I mean, he killed. He ended up winning the contest, I think, uh, the money contest. They, like, slid him in in front of me without, without saying anything to me. And then I had to go up for my first time after this dude just came up and murdered. And I think I, I walked up and grabbed the mic and I was like, well, don't expect that. And, like, that got a little laugh. And that's the thing that's, that's the way to handle it. And you can roll off his laughs. I'm sure he loosened up the room at least a little bit for you. Yeah, and I learned that lesson on my first time doing comedy that if you can get a laugh in the first second, you you're golden. I mean, that's that's I, the that's, one thing I learned. I do that a lot. I just go up there and like whatever's the first thing I decide to like say, like when I'm walking up there, like am I going to make fun of the how the host said something to me or something? Like I just say something off the top of my head. Or as soon as I grab the mic and then I go into my material. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, like, that's why every time. Every time I walk on stage, I say, I say, my name really is John Brown. That's not fake. My brother's names are James Brown and Chris Brown. Because that gets like just a little quick laugh and it, and it gets you started getting that quick laugh. That's why I make fun of my tuxedo shirt. Like, that's my first thing. Because, yeah, obviously, rule of comedy. If there's something weird about you, mention it right off top. So people aren't like, does he not realize that this is weird? Yeah. Yeah, it would be weird if you didn't mention it the whole time. <laughs> I mean, I've done it a couple of times, and like my my jokes still work. But I know there's people in the crowd like, why is he not addressing this? He's wearing a tuxedo shirt and tuxedo. Yeah. Shirt. yeah. <laughs> well, dude, there's this. I, I don't know if you've ever seen the old man. There's this old man that comes up to Funny Stop every once in a while. He hasn't been around in a while. I think his name's something Frank. But he is he like super old? Can barely walk old? Because uh, yeah, he's he's pretty old. Um, but he brings a ketchup bottle with him. Oh, then I haven't seen him then. No. <laughs> he brings a ketchup bottle up on stage with him. He shows it to the crowd, sits it down, 
and then never fucking mentions it, and then picks it up and walks off whenever he's done with his set. Like, it doesn't make any sense at all. I'm like, the whole time, I'm just staring at the ketchup bottle. Like, what's, what's the ketchup bottle for? You know? Like, yeah, if you got something weird about it, you definitely got to mention it, I think, or it just throws everybody's attention off. I usually do. Sometimes I just like, ah, I don't feel like telling that penguin joke or even addressing the tuxedo. And I, I think just because it's like, people get a tuxedo shirt more than they would get a ketchup bottle. So, like, it's a yeah. little yeah. It's more just like, oh, this guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> like people yeah. told me, um, and I've said this on the podcast before, but people tell me all the time, like, just for some reason, when you went up there, I just wanted you to do well. And I was like, I think it's the tuxedo shirt and also oh, yeah. all the vibes because I don't, yeah. I don't come off aggressive at all. This always happened with girls too. They're like, I can talk to you about anything. It's so nice being so comfortable around you. I'm like, thank you for <laughs> telling me you're not sexually attracted to me at all. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean I I've uh gotten that a lot myself. I'm a friendly person. I'm a <laughs> I'm a I'm a talker. I don't know. It's it's uh, I don't think you've I don't think you've actually seen me ever do a real set. I've seen you at the funny stop two times. I know I love the fish joke. Especially when you talk about like putting him in a putting a human in a bucket of air. I love that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You've you've seen me on Wednesdays whenever I'm, I'm trying out new shit. Like I don't think you've actually seen me do like a a type five or anything. But uh, it's it's definitely different. Wednesdays I use to work out new shit now um, because he won't let me in the contest anymore. So I'm like, why the fuck not? You know? <laughs> I mean, it's weird because uh, like I use the funny stops. And I use Wednesdays too. Like the one time I went up there and I was just like, oh, I'm gonna just do a brand new five. Because uh, Christian Clink was hosting, and he asked me to come up, and I was like, "Yeah, sure." And you know what? I'll do a brand new five for you. And that yeah. was probably one of the best things I've done as far as comedy was do- just trying that because I didn't do my last joke, so I ended up with like four minutes out of the five. I got the light, forgot the last joke, and I was like, "Well, people are laughing. I'm just gonna hop off here before I ad lib for a minute." Yeah, yeah. It's good to it's good to change it up every once in a while. I mean. I usually, when I try new shit, I usually try to sandwich like one or two new things and or sometimes I'll just do, I've had times on Wednesdays and that might have been, might, might have been one of them when I did the fishing joke that, that I'll do a set that I've done before, but the only reason I'm doing it is to like add one tagline, like, yeah. you know, like to see if it works. Like that's nice to hear how you said you uh just kind of like do what I do. You think of something at work and then you like go jot it down real quick. Maybe don't like flush it out completely because I like to just go up on stage with a premise and maybe I'll be like, okay, I know I want to talk about this. And I thought of this funny word, just have to somehow get to that point. And it's just like, I yeah. pull out the joke on stage. Yeah, there's, yeah, I do that sometimes. I've only, I'm not good at writing on stage. It happens every once in a while. But I'm more of like, I can think out very elaborate jokes in my head whenever I'm bored at work or whenever I'm high and driving. That's where a lot of my jokes come from. I think I have, shit, probably three jokes now about me being high and driving. So it's it's like, I think I'm going to, I said whenever I end up doing like a, whenever I put together like a 45 or something, I think that's going to be a theme is like my high daydreams, like throughout the, throughout the thing. When I do like, I'm getting better. Some of the new jokes I've thought of, like people are like, oh, I was like, oh yeah, that was my first time ever doing it. And they're like, that, that seemed really like well thought out. And it's like, yeah, I sit at work for eight hours and I have an idea that comes to me. And then right. I'm thinking about that for fucking 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. These people don't know what it's like to work at a factory. That's all you have to do. It's fucking thing. That night I did the five minutes, like all brand new. I just went on Facebook and I was like, hey, people tell me funny stories that you remember about me. Because that's like my brand of humor. And like, I think I like upset some comics or like they thought I was asking for advice on how to write because they're like, you know, like, you know, what's funny, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I get that. But like, that's not how my brain works. I have a very associative brain. So like everyone like put up their stories or like what they thought I put. I used maybe one comment, but then like all the other comments made me think of other things. So I was like, yeah, oh. you're trying to jog your memory. I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, you know? like, no, just think of something funny you've read, listened to, blah, blah. I'm like, that's like, I get that works for some people, but I have a fucking brain that goes a mile a minute. So I forget shit real quick. I mean, I can yeah. recall it, but I forget like the line of thinking and unless something like associates the connection, then it'll come back out. Like I've read the stories and my cousin even was like, 
tell tell the latter story because he like left me up on my bunk bed for like two hours because I'm terrified of heights. And uh, <laughs> like I was like, oh, I don't know if I can tell that on stage. And then like I thought about it for like five minutes. I was like, oh, I think I got something. And I went out and I tried it and it worked. Now was it perfect? No. Yeah, they never are the first time. I mean, I don't think I've ever had a joke where I where I did uh, like it's the same. Actually, no, I had I had one time. Where I I uh, went to I don't know if you ever were you around whenever we had Water Street in Kent I know I know I was doing comedy then but I didn't actually ever make it to there Yeah so I I uh, was driving out there I was high one night driving out there and uh, I I thought of uh, this subway joke that I do and uh, my weighted blanket joke that I do and I thought of those both in the car that night, did them both that night, and I still do them the exact same way. Those are the only two jokes that are like that. Everything else is, it It just, I listen back to the tape and make it better. That's another problem. I need to record myself more. It first started off as like, I don't like seeing myself on video, don't like hearing my voice. With podcasting and editing, I'm over the whole voice thing. I can listen. Yeah, just record the audio. I mean, that's... No, that or um, I have the uh, that Filmic Pro app on my phone. I'll use it sometimes, but because somebody uh, Tyler Ross, this comedian from Cleveland, but he's now out in Chicago. Um, he's headlined Funny Stop a couple times. He he told me because I told him I was having trouble getting a good submission tape, and he told me to just start taking video of every set you do. That way, you're not going to be nervous because you're trying to get a submission tape. You'll just you'll just do well and have one you know like it's but it, but i'm the same way i i just it's a pain in the ass to record video my big thing is i'll think about it like okay i'm gonna record this set i'm gonna record this set i'm gonna record this set and then they're like all right blake's coming up and i'm like all right walk on up there fucking forget i'm gonna record anything <laughs> see get one of the old school get one of the old school uh digital recorders like i have where you just click it on and you walk up that's i tried with uh, my open mic that i run I tried yeah. to set it up because at first I was using different equipment. Uh, I was using different equipment at the place I run. And I was like, oh, my mixer is the only way I can run it to try and boost the sound loud enough. And so I was like, oh, well, since I have my mixer hooked up, let's see if I can hook up my computer. And then I'll just record from the microphone my set while I'm up there hosting because I do try out my jokes on there. And like, right. I like it better as a host because I'm not trying to do like, yeah, I do a couple minutes off top just to try some stuff out. But like, I'll try to find new ways to do my old jokes in between other people's jokes, like other, yeah. like with different setups, maybe change the punchline a little bit to fit like what their theme of their set was. And I was like, oh, I'll record that. And I did that and I went to play it back and there was just a thousand percent interference from something. Yeah. And I was like, well, never going to try that again. <laughs> Yeah, that's good too. Uh, uh, Brandon Peacher does that a lot too. Uh, just does like old jokes in between comics and stuff. And then, I mean, he'll he'll riff and say some stuff about the comics jokes sometimes, but other times he'll squeeze in. I I would say the only thing about that is uh, don't do that when you're hosting a funny stop <laughs> because Pete will be in the back going, "Let's go, let's go." I don't really like do long jokes or anything. Like I did that more at the beginning, but like now it's. If I know that there's something there that I can make a quick little quip off of and then move on to the next person. I mean, last night I did it and it was a little different. It was all comics. There was no crowd. It was just comics. And a couple of people, like what they said made me think of like, oh, I can do on a joke about that. And it was like, it all worked. So a lot of that stuff that I tried last night, I'm going to try to work into actual jokes that I do now. I, li I like that as like a creative process. Like I said, I have a very associative brain. So like if I'm forced to listen to people's sets, it'll give me more ideas because I'll be like, like I'll hear their like the subject, their premise, and I'll be like, oh, I, I can turn that into my own thing, like yeah. not like not steal anything about their thing. Like uh, there's a comic that talked about friends calling him, uh, telling him he's not he's not fat, and he's like, oh, well, that just means I'm ugly. Like, and I, <laughs> well, I've had people tell me I'm not fat, and then I turned it into a completely different joke. But it's like I, I got the premise idea, like the the seed of the joke came from listening to someone else. Yeah, yeah. Which is a lot yeah. harder to do at a comedy show when you're gonna go up and do your own set than it is when you're the host, because you got to be more yeah. focused on them. Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I think more than like taking things from other from other comics like seeds. I would say more than anything, I've probably taken 
cadences or or mannerisms and not even not even noticed that I'm doing it, but it's but then I'll watch the tape back whenever I record video of myself and I'll be like, Holy shit, I'm doing Matthew Broussard there or something like that. <laughs> you know, I mean it just like you don't even notice that you're doing it, but I watch I watch so much comedy that it's it happens. It's hard not to, yeah, it happens. Okay. Um you internalize what you find fun. That's why like I watch a TV series, like I'm a big binger. I like to watch a TV series all the way through. The only problem with that is, uh, Sam, have you seen Psych before? Yeah. When I watch that, I become the main character. I start talking, <laughs> like, in his, like, the way he does, like, he's super smart but dumb. Like, he pretends to be dumb, you right. know, super intelligent. Like, I, I, I start talking like that. I do some of his, like, mannerisms. It's just like, if you enjoy it and you see it enough, you're going to start doing it. Well, you see comments all the time that uh now that do the the do the thing where they hit the mic on their knee when after they tell a joke like Dave Chappelle and it's like Wait, Dave Chappelle actually the, from someone else. Uh, yeah. He didn't get the knee slap. Apparently the comic that uh can't remember his name, but I was reading an article and there's apparently one of Dave's like admitted big influences. He would tap the top of the mic after a joke. He'd just boop, slap it. And Dave huh. turned that into a knee, like a leg slap. Yeah. So yeah. he took the mannerism but made it his own. Did you see uh, Netflix took Chappelle show off? What? Yeah, they they uh, came out today. Netflix takes Chappelle show off um, at Dave Chappelle's request. Oh, Dave Chappelle requested it. Yeah, because he 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 did that joke on uh, his SNL monologue where his grandpa, you know. Yeah, yeah, because he really wasn't getting paid for it because Comedy Central owns Chappelle show basically. Oh. Okay, so I didn't even get yeah. that part of the joke. Yeah, and Netflix, Netflix was yeah. He was like my grandpa would be like, "You've been bought and sold more than I was." Or <laughs> like I caught that. I guess I kind of missed the in between there. I was doing other yeah. things. Yeah, I caught the beginning of the joke, and I thought that was like I got the premise of like his grand his grandpa's name is on Netflix, and then I heard the bought and sold, but I guess I missed that inner part where he was like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was like, he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, my grandfather's name's on Netflix and Hulu, and I'm not getting paid for for any of it or whatever it was. And and I guess Netflix decided Good they can't that. afford to lose Dave Chappelle as a content creator. So, I mean, well, you no, got to think, you got to think because they did that, Chappelle's probably going to go back to him when he wants to do another special. You know, yeah, I mean, they did three of his specials, and one of them was just him doing a bar show, smoking cigarettes in front of people. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he can still smoke cigarettes in a club if he wants to. I mean, uh, yeah. Like, there's, I don't get the people who like at our our level or even a little bit more that think that running the light is just like perfectly okay. It's like when you're yeah. Chappelle, Chris Rock, that type of level, you can be like, "Nah, I'm taking twenty. All right, I know you said five. I'm gonna take twenty. Yeah. But there's some people, even at the Funny Stop Amateur Competition, they'll acknowledge the light and then just talk for another five minutes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. how do you do that? I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll do it sometimes, but I'm not in the competition, so it's. <laughs> but like, I don't go for five minutes, but I'm gonna finish whatever joke I'm telling. I don't think if you're wrapping up a joke, but yeah. there's people that like notice it. And then I'm not going to put any names, but there was a guy who like did a joke and then the end, like he had two parts to the joke, but the second part was just flipping the genders of the first part around. And it was like, you okay. didn't need the second part. That was another three minutes. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think uh, a lot of people at Funny Stop um, like really need to hang out. That's, that's the problem is that is that a lot of these people come for the amateur contest and right after they're done they'll take off or the whole show when I'm, I'm I'm at the funny stop I'm there to see the whole show yeah and it's not even it's not even to watch the other comedians it's to talk to the other comedians because you need to know stuff that like that like helps you out like if I didn't have if I didn't have I am Chad and Anthony Mayo and and a couple other guys, uh, Gary Campbell, Chris Harvey. If I didn't have those guys around whenever I was first starting to give me advice on what I was doing wrong and what I was doing right, like I, I wouldn't be even close to where I am now. 
I mean, and I'm not even anything special now, but I've got 15, 20 minutes of crowd tested material that, that I can do. And I wouldn't have that if it wasn't for those guys, because they, they taught me stuff that, that like moving the mic stand, little stuff like moving the mic stand, not playing with the cord, fucking doing your same five, but tweaking it here and there. Like that's another, everybody tries to do the, everybody tries to do a new five every time they come up. It's funny stuff. And that's the first thing that you have to learn is that that's not a thing. Nobody, nobody does. Every once in no, a while, good to do it once in a while, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But no successful comedian has ever gotten successful by doing a different five minutes every time they walk up on stage. It's I not. did that for my first like uh, month and a half, two months. I did that just because like you don't know what you have. Yeah, trying out shit and like the first couple of things I went up there, I got lucky. My first set was ten minutes, and I could have gone longer. The guy would have yeah. let me. I realized that what I went up there with, if I tried to tell those stories in a five minute set, I'd only be able to tell one of the two stories and none of the jokes that were outside of it. So I was like, right. okay. so I need to try and figure out other jokes that I can tell. And like first couple of, like I even got like really nice compliments my first week. Like, yeah. like, Oh, I thought you've been doing this five years. You know, I've been doing it for a couple of years. I can't even go up on stage and be that comfortable. And it's like, when he said that, it wasn't that huge of a compliment because when he went up there, he thought he had a, a fantastic set and he barely talked. So <laughs> yeah. Whatever level yeah. of anxiety and stuff he had was even greater than mine. <laughs> right. Yeah, the comfort level thing, um, it took me until I was doing comedy four or five times a week to get comfortable on stage. Um, and then after being off from COVID for two months or whatever it was, I was shocked that like when I came back I had no nerves at all I mean it was like home up there whenever I got back on stage okay. I don't know if it was I was waiting for so long or, or or what but there was something when I came back the nerves were completely gone for me it's a comfortability factor with the place it's not really the amount of times I've been up it's yeah. the amount of I've been up at that spot like so you know like you're used to the lighting you're used to the how big the stage is like the host I don't know. I need that type of comfortability. And people used to tell me like, oh, man, you look so comfortable up there. I couldn't tell it was like your blah, blah, blah time. I'm like, I am visibly shaking. Like, yeah, because my my nerves work in a whole body. Like I can talk like I can keep my voice straight, but everything else is fucking vibrating. And it's like, how do you not notice that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, um, I had one time where you're talking about being comfortable with your environment. I had one time where I wasn't comfortable with my environment, and that was, uh, I don't know if you know John Huff. Um, I, I was supposed to do a couple of his shows, or one of his shows, and I got in a car accident the fucking week before, and I was so upset. Yeah, he runs a funny farm open mic, um, but he, uh, he used to do these shows before COVID at this place called Papa's Puerto Rican Cuisine. Yeah, and, long time. yeah, and it was like an hour drive for me, and it was a fucking blizzard. And uh, I get there, and it's like a pretty, pretty packed room. And I thought about this joke the whole way there. I sent it to Anthony Mayo. He's like, "That's fucking hilarious." And <laughs> I get in, and I walk up, and I'm like, I'm "Like, yeah, I wanted to do comedy my whole life. You know, about nine months ago, I started." started doing it and now I'm living my dream, you know, driving an hour to do 15 minutes at a Puerto Rican restaurant in a blizzard. And, <laughs> and like not one laugh, like they were just like staring at me, like pissed off. And I was like, what the fuck? And I just kept going with my set. And, <laughs> and like, I got, I got some laughs and I got the crowd back a little bit, but when I got off, I was like, John, what the fuck happened, man? And he was like, he was like, oh, the people that are in the dining room, those are the people that own the restaurant. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I wasn't, like, trying to talk shit on the restaurant. I mean, you know, like, I was just saying I drove an hour in a blizzard for fucking a free show. Like, it's... <laughs> I uh, I actually made fun of the place where I first did comedy. I, I miss, I'm upset it's, like, not doing it anymore. They were doing a open mic the last Saturday of every month, and... You know, you went after Steve Murs and he killed it. Yeah. I went after a rock band my first time. Oh, man. And I've never <laughs> been to a concert, but like when they were playing, it was the first time in my life I understood melting your face off. Like I could feel the nerves in my face, like 
sliding back. Like, it was a good fucking show. Yeah. Like, I went up and everyone's like, I've heard a lot of people say, like, oh, you don't ever want to go after a band. The comedians before the band, blah, blah, blah. But I went up there and uh, I had told the person, announced me as the man, the myth, the Blake. And <laughs> he did it. And I went up there. I was like, wow, that intro lost so much steam after a hair band just went up here. <laughs> like I, and I, like I said, I did 10 minutes. The guy would have let me do more. I think I was a benefit of the two comedians that went before me. Did first one did terrible, got pulled off the stage. Second one just fucking right through everything he had to say. And so I was yeah. like, okay, I've learned from those two not to do those two things. Don't come <laughs> right. up and be like the first thing the guy did was try to go into a character. The first guy was like, Hey, how are you? <laughs> he goes, I was like, okay, don't do that. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, like the dude, the dude with the, uh, I don't know, I don't know if, I don't know if he listens or what, but the dude with the red wig at Funny Stop. Well, I almost said him earlier. I almost oh, brought him up there when Pete was like, yeah, we know. <laughs> I told him, I was like, I was amazed. I, I came out and I was like, what the fuck is this? I'm, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what this is. But the guy, I think the guy could have something here. And then the whole time he was like reading off of the piece of paper. And I, and I told him, I was like, dude, if you're going to do a character, like fucking memorize the shit. Don't, don't read it off of the paper because you could have something here. Like you, you, this could be a Will Ferrell movie. Like, I mean, Just don't say your name, you know, a fourth of your set. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just the whole like his attitude on stage and the weirdness of it. I was like, this could be like a fucking weird Will Ferrell movie. Like I could see this happening. You know, like, I talk that like we joke about that guy uh, because we both like he said his name at least thirty times during his set, and neither of us are exactly sure what it is. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I wish I was gonna be there tomorrow, but uh. I committed to a. Yeah, I saw that. I saw you were. Uh, to a show. Yeah, I don't know how it's gonna go, man. I heard we haven't I heard there have, we haven't sold very many tickets so far. Like twenty people probably gonna be there. It only seated forty, anyways. But better than most of the Yeah, it's just it's just hard to fucking get people to go downtown right now because there's nothing going on. I mean, well, it's, it's even like Pete. You know, obviously he wants you to bring people in and everything, and it's like. You know, it's like some of the people you ask to come to a comedy show are going to be like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not going out in public right now. It's like, yeah, dude, my, I mean, I know so December 3rd, yeah, December 3rd, I'm in the co-feature contest and uh, he wants us to bring five people each. And I'm like, I, I'm not like, you know, like I'm, I'll try, but it's not going to happen. You and I'll get two yeses and neither will show up. I don't know what to fucking tell you. Yeah. Like my mom and dad will probably go, and and I'm and I don't want them to, but they probably will. But just because I don't want them to take the risk to go out, but yeah, I feel bad but, asking. But I, I I ask most people around my age, and just hope that they're okay with it. I mean, I've definitely gotten the oh, I'm not going out, and it's like, oh, well, I can't blame you. I just have to ask. I have to try. Yeah, yeah that's what I told Ray. Um, I was like, yeah, man, I wish I could help with the attendance, but uh, most of my friends that aren't comics are like huge liberals. So they're not going anywhere. And all of my friends that are comics are going to be a funny stop tomorrow night. So there's not, not much I can do. Yeah. So. Uh, was it? I just had some, something about that, but you hit, you hit liberals. And then I was just like, ah, oh, fuck. I, <laughs> I don't know. And I, I like, I like just going and watching the funny stop finals. I mean, for one thing, like, for our podcast to see who I might want to have on for Brandon's shows at Grindstone. Like I'll suggest I'm people to that. I've heard it's such a good show. Yeah. You should do Grindstone sometime. Yeah. Well, and, Brandon asked me when he first saw me at a uh, post 32, he came up and did an open mic there and he asked me and it was like right after I got in my car accident and didn't have a car and I was like staying in Stowe. So Grindhouse was a far fucking way to get yeah. an Uber. Now I'm in Cleveland. It's a lot closer. I could probably hit him up and see if I could do it. Yeah, I go pretty much every Friday. Um, 
for one, like if he if he has anybody cancel or whatever, I'll go up and and then has Clink been doing shows in Cleveland? Have you seen him? I haven't talked to him in a little bit. He did Grindstone two weeks ago when I was there. That's the only time I've seen him in like probably a month. Yeah, because I know he took two months off or two weeks off at one point, and then was getting back at it. And I just haven't talked to him, and I'm bad at keeping in touch with people. Like you could be my best friend, I'm not gonna fucking text him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's a fucking. I love his style of comedy. I, I like it. Yeah, he just needs. I, I've told him, and and I'll and I've told him this. I told him this to his face. He just needs to be more confident on stage. I mean, he he's he. I told him never again. Never again should you ever tell the crowd this next joke's not gonna work and then do the joke. Don't don't do that. <laughs> like, he's going up a lot. Like he probably hit your levels of like four or five times a week. And I yeah, I, I was seeing him a lot. You know that. I could tell he was like starting to change. And one big thing, I I I told him a couple of times, like when you try to do the crowd work thing, you have to know sometimes they're not gonna say anything or like be yeah. ready. And just one night he finally had something ready and it fucking slayed. And I'm like, there you go, man. Yeah. Yeah, that and uh when he would go to Garage Bar, uh Teddy Bruno would would stand behind him and talk shit to him while he was while he was doing his set. And he would get so frustrated and I'm like, Christian, write a fucking five-minute roast of Teddy Bruno and fucking do it next time you come here. Like, you know, like, like don't let him do that to you. He's, he's getting under your skin on purpose. Like, I wouldn't have done anything other than what I did to uh, Daniel Grinnell I just had on my podcast, and he did the one thing that almost guarantees that someone's going to mess up my podcast is when I try to tell them, like, the format of the show. I give a little rundown, like I did with you. Give you a little yeah. rundown of what I'm going to say in the introduction. You know, this is what, well, the next, like, we did the fireside chat. We did that. It was all fine. Went to the next, like, get the co-host, everything for the real show. And I started to tell him the format of the show. He goes, Blake, I've been on podcasts before. I know what to do. And I was just like, what I would have done to Teddy Bruno. I just got loud. I'm like, then you listen to the producer. <laughs> if you know what to do, you listen to the producer. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh. That that is one of my favorite that is one of my favorite mics though is Garage Bar. If you ever if you ever do that when they start it back up. Uh, yeah, I've heard Garage Bar, Grindstone are really good. Someone fucking blew my goddamn mind when they were like, Yeah, I've heard your mic's been going good down at post thirty two and I'm like <laughs> Like we have three old ladies that people enjoy having there, but I wouldn't say it's going good. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I haven't been to your place simply because Mondays is like my fucking. Yeah, Mondays is rough. It's rough for anyone. Yeah, do they're not busy. Who <laughs> wants to go out on a Monday? Yeah, yeah. I used to do. I used to do six days a week, and then I would take Sundays off. But I've recently, I just haven't felt like doing shit on Mondays. <laughs> now I don't do shit on Tuesdays either because Garage Bar's done. Yeah, but the thing I like about doing my show is like. Even when it's just comedians, I don't know, like, maybe it's because they're not taking the room as seriously, so they're not worried about their set as much, but, like, they're more engaged with the actual person that's up there than a lot of, like, open mics I've done. Yeah, that's, dude, that's that's why I wish, uh, I wish uh, Water Street and Kent was still around, because that was only comedians. Like, it was it was always only comedians. Like, there'd be probably 10 of us each week and it was and it was great because that's where you tried out your new shit because you know if you got those comedians to laugh you're gonna get uh, a club crowd to laugh i've told people at my show like when it's their first or second or just a few times up i'm like listen it's all comedians in here just look for a reaction any yeah. reaction is a good reaction when you're telling jokes like, yeah Room with comedians, if you can get anything, you get a groan, you get a, you get a, you get a laugh. All of that is equal as in telling you there's something with what you just said. Yeah. And I mean, for anybody who is looking for a reaction out of me at a show, I can just tell you like me doing comedy for fucking six days a week before COVID and now still three to four days a week. I've seen, and I watch a shit ton of comedy on Netflix and everything else. It's hard to make me laugh. 
I mean, I, I, I to get a genuine laugh out of me is hard because it's it has to be a fucking killer. I mean, it's, it has to be a killer joke to get my, me to laugh. My thing is, I just like, even if it's not the best joke, if I can see the brain behind the joke, it gets me. Like, if it's an intelligent yeah, get, one, that, that can get yeah, me. I'll give, like, I'll give, like, good job laughs. You know, like, I'll give, like, I'll give, like, I don't know, like, I guess kind of, I'll give, I'll give laughs, but it's not, you can tell it's not real. You know, like, like when, when, when you see my body shaking, that's when I'm laughing for real. Yeah, tank, tank, <laughs> the same way. Tank will give you like a big old smile, but like when you yeah. can get a good <laughs> from Tank, yeah. Like, All right, there's something there. Yeah, I love uh, I love Von Wesley. Um, I was gonna listen. I'm gonna listen to his, your podcast with him next. I love Von Wesley, but I don't value his laugh very much. <laughs> he laughs. He yeah. laughs at everything. <laughs> like, it's funny it makes me laugh when i hear his laugh but it doesn't like it's not like uh i'm not like all right von laughed at that joke it's a good joke no it's it's i know the people that are hard to make laugh and it's oh, dude. and it and i stare at those people i worked <laughs> so hard to get a fucking compliment from john king yeah like, he was telling other people that everyone's their own brand of comedy but he was telling people that I'm like, they're not making anyone else laugh. And he was like going up to them and be like, hey, you've got a really good stage presence. You got something going. And I'm like, tell me that, John. I need your validation. <laughs> That's funny. But he, he yeah. did finally after I did a set where I actually felt really good. He pulled me to the side and he's like, hey, man, I don't know what was different. Your energy was different. And you were like tagging and calling back like a pro. And my heart almost skipped a beat. I was like. Oh, like a pro? John, you've been <laughs> 30 years and you're saying that. That makes me feel good. Yeah, that's a compliment, man. It's when you get a compliment from somebody like that, cherish it. It it's, uh, doesn't happen all the time. I mean. And believe me, like you said, we're better than we were, but we're not. Right. There's, there's so many more levels to go up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got a. The last, the last really good compliment like that I got was uh, Basil. Um, funny stuff. I did a guest set, and uh, he told it was actually two Pete, which makes it even better. He was, he was like, he was like, yeah, you gotta keep this kid around. He's got something. And I was like, hell yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I do like your the insight to your jokes. I can see the the high in it. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, that's just it's just the truth. Like like every every joke I have, um was a situation that either really happened to me or it was a daydream when I was high. Every every single joke that I tell. I mean... Yeah, most of my jokes are real or... Um, they're, they're mostly real or they came from a kernel of a, an actual thought, like of something. Like yeah. that still ties into my life. Like it may be a, a bit made up, but it's still like it came from experiences from my life. It's not like I just fucking... I, I can't be one of those people that just makes up an entire scenario that there's no way that anyone, like, the closest is where I compare myself to Shaq with, yeah. like, with, like, a sexual tape or whatever, but it's like, that didn't happen. Didn't, but I was called Diesel a lot growing up just because I was a big dude, and it's like, yeah. little Shaq, and then I heard a comedian, <laughs> a premise, but they said the premise and, like, left it as the joke. Like my second time on stage, they're like, they set a premise, and I'm like, why didn't you say more? <laughs> and so I was right. like, I was like, I bet I could turn that premise into a decent joke. Yeah, man, that's something I've noticed um, with some of the comics at Funny Stop that like have been coming a while, but I don't think they're really getting anywhere. And it's and it's one of those things where they leave at the end of their set, or they just don't stick around and talk to the other comics. But it's like, like you just said, they have a good premise, but then they don't take it anywhere, you know. And it's like, it's like, there's no punchline. Like, what are you? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, you, what you're you doing thought that was like. a funny idea, which it is. It's a funny, yeah. idea, but make it funny. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be an ending to the joke. I mean, that's just, I don't know. I've noticed that. I've noticed that a lot in the past couple months. Yeah. Um, but I've also, I've also thought there've been some really good new people in the past. Oh, I like a lot of the people I go to. Yeah. 
I like a lot of them. Like uh, Cameron, I love Cameron's stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, I like Christian. Vaughn, I like him too. Um, Jared, I think, gotten better. I think Jared's stuff is better than it used to be. Yeah. Like, even yeah. even when he hasn't changed the joke up much, like from the first time I saw him and then I didn't see him for a while, and then I saw him again, I was like, they're similar, like, they're very similar jokes, but I don't know, he's just, like, performing them better. Yeah, it's cool to me whenever you, uh, whenever you see somebody and then don't come around for a while and see him again and, and see how much they've progressed since the last time you saw him. It's, it's pretty crazy. I don't know. There was some guy, there was some guy last week that I saw, um, that I saw at the finals and I looked back at my, cause I still have my scores that I did for the finals last time. And, and I did not give him a good score at all in the finals. And, and I thought he was really funny this last, this last week or two weeks ago or whatever. I was like, dude, you've gotten so much better. I'm like, just uh, move the mic stand. Like, that's, that's it. Like, because he left the mic stand in front of him the whole time. And it's like, that's that's for me. Like, if I was judging you, my thought would be on that mic stand and not on your jokes. Like, that's <laughs> that's the problem. Is that... There's a dude who did the semifinals when I did, and I couldn't tell you a single joke he said. I don't even think he's in the competition. I think he was just like, you know, Pete throws filler people up just to make sure that yeah. at least that's how it seems to me. That's what he does. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't pay attention to a single word he said because his voice and his pacing just was not good for my ears. So I was like, <laughs> like I couldn't tell you anything he said. I didn't enjoy his set at all, but I couldn't say <laughs> it was bad. I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just get very distracted by people by people's actions on stage. Like if somebody's playing with the cord or something, like my mind is just on that court. Like I can't pay attention to their jokes. Yeah. That's and, why I've had to start moving around a lot when I first started doing it. Cause I, like I said, I get super nervous. I have all that nervous fucking energy in my body. So yeah. I start using my stage, like use yeah. that to keep me from going, Oh, oh God. <laughs> when I first started, I, it's funny, I watched my video the other day from my first time going up, but it was like this for a couple months. I paced back and forth on stage, just, and I looked down at the ground the entire time. I never looked out at the audience. And I now I've gotten to the point where, even a couple months ago, I was still walking around the stage quite a bit and everything. Now I'm to the point where I just stand in one spot and I'll rotate, like, to talk to different sides of the crowd. I notice when I host a lot, I'll move the mic off to the side, but I won't move it super far. And then as I'm talking, I'll just alternate resting my hand there and like swing on it a little bit. Like nothing major, but yeah. I probably I don't do it during my normal sets. I only do it when I'm hosting. And I don't know if it's just like the mental thing of like, you're not going to be up here long. Don't leave it far. But yeah, there's there was a there was a guy uh, last week. A funny stop. I think it was last week. Yeah, he was one of those that left right after he was done. And it was his first time up. Pete let somebody go up for their first time during the semifinals, whatever. And I'm so uh, about that. <laughs> yeah, but he was really funny, but he didn't use the mic. Like he left the mic and just like walked around the stage, like talking without the mic. That's and I was gonna say something to him, but he left like right whenever he was done, pretty much. But I wanted to be like, dude, just fucking pick up the mic and use it. This isn't a fucking play. Like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I can get away with doing that. Like, even in the funny stop, just because it's so dark, no one's really talking. I have the voice that could carry in that situation. But yeah, I would never do that. <laughs> no, the only the only time I would ever do that is if the fucking mic comes unplugged while I'm <laughs> while I'm on stage. And I've had that happen. Like, uh, my, like that place I said I did every Saturday, uh, the place i did first i think it was like yeah. third time going there it was the middle of the summer and they're like don't move the mic or it'll cut out and i'm like cool i oh, yeah. that's like I, I literally just put my hand on the mic and it cut out and so i just stepped to the side of the mic and i was like don't worry you'll still hear me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, we used to have that grindstone where you stepped in like we had a wireless mic for a while uh, where you, best you, those are the greatest things. Yeah, yeah, the best. 
if you stepped in a certain spot, it'd just give like the loudest fucking feedback, like pierce everybody's ear. It's awful. But yeah, it's uh, when did you? So how long have you been doing comedy now? Uh, I first set was June 29th last year. So okay. Coming up on a year and a half here soon. Okay. Okay. So we're about the same. I I saw. I I was gonna say I didn't see you until. You didn't start doing funny stuff until after COVID, right? No, I didn't do the funny stop uh, in, until there was a couple of times I was supposed to do it after COVID, and I even pushed it back a couple of times. I didn't do it until the last week of the non-semifinals, the last round. Okay. It was the first time I did it the week before the semifinals last time. So I did it then, and I did the semifinals, and then I did the finals. I've done two mics other than the semifinals this year this round last yeah i haven't done it that much but uh apparently something happened that doesn't happen to a lot of people pete actually told me good job on a set when i got off stage and i thought it was one of my worst sets i'd done there yeah he uh he's he'll he'll tell you good job sometimes i mean and then other times he'll uh talk shit to you the only things i got is a good job and uh how did you do and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I was, I don't know. How I did. I think the only, I think the only, uh, I think he talks shit to the people he really likes, which is, uh, with, like Patrick Madison probably gets the most shit from from Pete, but that's because Pete likes talking shit to him because he'll talk. Patrick will talk shit back, and Pete it just makes Pete more pissed off. <laughs> it's kind of funny to see those two interact. But yeah, he only he only does that with people that he really likes, and then he'll tell me, like he'll tell you good job sometimes, but he'll also like when you do have a really good set, sometimes he'll fuck with you and be like you're a little rusty or something like that. Yeah, like 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 the uh, the first amateur finals back from COVID, he let me go up, even though I wasn't in it. Um, he let me go up because I had my co-feature contest the next day, and it was the first time I had done stand up in two months, and I pretty much murdered and and i got off stage and he's like john brown a little rusty i'm like what the fuck are you talking about like you know and that was when i was like okay he's just fucking with me yeah so that's when he asked me like oh how did you do i don't know if he was fucking with me or if he didn't just hear my set because it was the semifinals last time like look not the this past week but the week before uh yeah i did my set and I don't normally say this because I do like have a very negative bias, especially when I'm on stage. I don't know if people are laughing or not, but that last set I did, I know for a fact I had the most laughs in my set other than I think it was Bob McClure. I think he ended it and he, he's from LA and he just, uh, yeah, like one person while they were doing the, the like judging. But other than him, I can I can state pretty confidently I had the most laughs and I know for a fact there was someone cackling throughout my entire set. I don't know who it was, but <laughs> <laughs> like just Yeah, you had a you had a good set. That was what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah, you had a good set. Yeah, that was uh I think I was in the back with Jared Bailey and Carter watching everybody. And I usually don't say I had the best set, but I really I feel like I definitely did. Alexa usually has better sets than me, but she started off really uh, uh, shaky because she was nervous. But by the end of it, she was killing like she usually does. Yeah, I thought she was funny. I thought all the girls were funny that night. Um, I can't remember who else stuck out to me. But yeah, I thought all the girls were funny that night. Pete told me to specifically watch the girls because, you know, there's not that many in the, in the area. So So he's trying to get some to be more regular. And, the, uh, the one girl, not the one you had on your podcast, but the other one that was there, Amanda. Saw, yeah, I saw her do her first set at the Funny Stop uh, one Wednesday, and she was like, "I know you guys probably can't tell I work out." I'm like, "Anyone who sees your thighs in that spandex knows you work." <laughs> out. Like, what do you mean? You know you can't. You can tell like or can't tell I work out. I'm like you have monstrous thighs, woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't notice that, but uh, I did. I did. Uh, I did give her the semifinals. I did give her a tagline for one of her jokes. I hope she uses it because it was. Uh, it was one of those like. It was one of those. It was one of those uh, bits that like I didn't feel like had a like a, a punchline. 
and but there was one there she just didn't see it you know so like you know i'm talking like when somebody has when somebody has like a a joke and sometimes it's obvious what the last line should be yeah 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 and and it just wasn't and she just didn't see it and then i told her she's like oh that is really funny and like yeah yeah, sometimes it's just obvious (laughs) i love helping alexa but i feel like every time i give her a new joke i'm like i'm just making you better than me and that it hurts (laughs) yeah i mean always give people taglines and shit because you know, I, I never. I love. I love when someone's like, "Oh yeah, that worked." I'm like, "Good." Yeah, I I hardly ever use them um, when people give them to me, but I still appreciate it because sometimes I will. And sometimes they help you think of something else. Like, right. I'm all about just building the creative juices, because like I said, I don't write anything down. So anything that you say to me that can help bring the creative juices out, I'll take it. Yeah. So I think it was Friday of last week. Um, I wrote, I wrote like, so I have a one line, basically a one liner masturbation joke about me living with my parents that I do. And I wrote like a fucking, I don't know, probably a minute and a half to two minute like extension onto it. And I, it, it's pretty fucking good, I think. And I started doing it and it's working, but um, I sent it to, I have like W. Scott, Carter, Drew Gigas, Brian Gallagher, and like, and uh, I think Cameron, I sent it to, I sent it to like six people, all six of them loved it. And all six of and Brandon and all six of them sent me back taglines. I'm like, I'm obviously not going to use six fucking taglines for hey, one joke, but <laughs> at some point and figure out which one's the best. Right. Yeah. That's what I said. I was like, I'm just going to plug these in one at a time. There was a, what... there was a comedian, uh, apparently from before I went on stage, I was watching, I looked up stuff on YouTube about like, telling comedy and i found this one dude who's like really old and claims to be you know a really good teacher i don't know never heard of him obviously but he was talking about how he ran into a comic one time who was a monster who would like have a setup punch and then like have seven tags on it and the dude's like how did you like how did you develop that style the guy was like well i was told if you can't tag a joke seven times it's not worth telling and it's like that's not <laughs> That's not true at all. You can have a standalone uh, with no tags. Yeah, I don't know if you know Tim Wolf. He's like that. Tim Wolf. Tim Wolf will have Tim Wolf will have a joke and then a joke with a punchline and then just like tag, 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 tag. It's fucking crazy. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how he pulls it off, but everyone gets a bigger laugh. And it's like, yeah, what I, the fuck? I have some jokes where like it seems you you could say that they're separate tags, but I really think it's just a. a I don't think I. Obviously, this is an incorrect assumption because every joke is a setup in a punchline. That's yeah. If the joke works, it has that formula. But in yeah. my mind, I'm just talking and saying funny words that I don't, know, I don't necessarily consider them a punchline. I just consider them like a stream of consciousness and hope it's funny to people. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I it's mean, either- that's not, no, that's I mean that's basically what that's to me that's basically what tags are. They're, they're like almost a punchline. But not, but not quite. Sometimes, but sometimes they can get bigger laughs than a punchline. I mean, it's oh, yeah. just... it's like, even Brian told me the one time he's he's like, I love when like you just toss something out like after a joke and you just kind of like say like in a little aside, and sometimes it's hilarious. I'm like, yeah, that's just my ADD brain just kicking out the extra thought at the end of the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll have a joke and then like, I don't know, just the feel I get from the room. I'm like, I need to say this. And I'll toss it out there, and sometimes it gets a huge laugh. Sometimes it falls flat. Yeah, that's good, man. I mean, that's kind of. Uh, I'm surprised you don't have any background with improv with, with doing that. I mean, uh, I mean, I do not necessarily doing improv, but just I'm really socially awkward, and uh, sometimes I'll just decide I'm going to not play a character, but play a a personality. Like yeah. I'll just decide, like ah, uh, right now I'm just gonna be, I'm gonna shit on everyone, no matter what they say. <laughs> you know, the the worst is is like back. I mean, back when I don't, I don't fight anymore. But back whenever you were like an adolescent and you would get into arguments, like hardcore arguments with people, and then you're like, you're like going home and you're like, fuck, I wish I would have said this. Like you know, like that's the worst when you get off stage and you're like fuck and just, like you just think of something when you're walking off stage you're like god damn it that would have been funny <laughs> that's the worst yeah I, I mean i have that in every conversation i ever have 
<laughs> yeah. One time, and we'll end it on this because uh, we got to wrap right. it up. But I'll be like little egotistical and end it on a story about myself. Uh, <laughs> my my cousin like set a screen, like it was like game point on a basketball game, and my cousin set a screen that worked really well. Stonewalled the dude. The guy with the ball shot it, scored. We won the game. Then the guy who got the screen started talking shit because I don't know his ego was hurt, and it turned into like this big old fight. And this one kid like went after my cousin and like I'm his older cousin. I'm not going to let that happen. Like if it wants to be a one-on-one fight, my cousin can handle himself. No one else is jumping in. Right. He went in there and like, uh, he did the classic, like, uh, once I got in his way, put his shoulder into my chest and walked in a circle. And he was (laughs) like, dude, get out of my way. I'll punch you so hard. You lose 10 pounds. And I was like, do it. I could actually use that. And he goes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Power away. <laughs> so when people are, that's what, what I was learning. When people are t- talking shit, you got to take the power away. <laughs> I'll hit you so hard you lose 10 pounds. Like, do it. I could use it. And he goes, oh, I know. Like, All right, dude. Just watch yeah. this. Just yeah. this. Yeah. You, conf- you confuse them when you agree with them. Like, <laughs> yeah. I did that. I did that a lot whenever I was a kid with the, with fat jokes and shit. And be like, oh, well, you think I don't know? <laughs> you know, like, Oh, uh, this is brand new. You're the first person to ever tell me that. <laughs> Daniel Grinnell, when he was on my podcast, he made a bunch of fat jokes like right off the rip, like about me. And I just was like, <laughs> like, do you not think this is something I do all day, dude? Like, <laughs> right. you're not gonna fucking hit me with fat jokes I've never heard. But uh, uh, like I said, let's uh, wrap this up so I can get everyone set up. <laughs>